What drives you? What inspires you? Let's ignite your why. Welcome to Ignite Your Why podcast. I'm your host, Austin T. Gully, and we're here to have genuine conversations with authentic people to help amplify their voice and figure out what ignites their why. Today, we have Larry Willis II with us. He's a Troy University alum where he obtained both his bachelor's and master's degree, and he's currently working on his PhD at the age of 27 at the University of Alabama. Larry, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Austin. How are you doing? I'm good, just living my best life, hanging in there. Same old, same old. I heard that, me too. So, who is Larry Willis? What is your story? So, to be honest, so I grew up in a small town. Um, I'm from Daphne, Alabama, which I'm sure a lot of people have not heard of, but it's like right by Mobile, Alabama. Um, Most people have heard of Mobile. So my mom is an educator. Um, She teaches in a community college. She's actually taught there since, like, literally 1989. Um, And my dad works at a power plant as a supervisor. And so I literally, like, lived in Daphne my entire childhood. I went to schools in Daphne, um, elementary school, middle school, and high school in Daphne. And... In elementary school, everything was great for me. Um, I loved my elementary school. It wasn't a private school, but it kind of had that setting like like it was a private school, like just the structure of it. It was very, everything was very, um, very structured, very conservative, and I loved it there. But then in middle school, that's when things kind of went downhill for me. That's, I would say that's basically when I started losing myself. So... I started getting bullied in the sixth grade, like a lot. Everything was basically just really foreign to me. Um, You know, kids would be like cursing. Um, I had to start riding the bus, which is something I was not accustomed to having to do because I never had to in elementary school. And so just having to ride the bus and just, you know, hearing kids like cursing and stuff like that, it was very foreign to me. It was just really different um, from anything I experienced in elementary school. I started getting bullied for my mannerisms. Um, People just kind of assumed I was gay and bullied me for it. I got asked like literally, literally every single day, are you gay, are you gay, are you gay? And it just got to a point where it was just like, I didn't even know what the word gay meant until I was in sixth grade, first of all. So... There's that. And then for people to just be like, basically, like harassing me about it. Like if they would ask me and I would, I said no. Like if I would say no, they would be like, are you sure? I mean, you just act really gay. Like it's like people wouldn't just like let me be. And so I got, I just, I went through that literally from like sixth grade up until throughout high school. Like it just, it was, endless. It just went on and on. And as a result, like my grades dropped a lot. I was a straight A student in elementary school. Um, Throughout elementary school, I made all A's. Um, Middle school and high school, my grades dropped a lot because I was like really depressed. 
Um, I developed anxiety, had to start taking medication for it. And it's like I was just kind of numb to everything. And I didn't really, I didn't realize I was depressed at the time. Um, but I was just very, school was not my top priority. Like my GPA was like a 2.0 at one point. Um, I didn't think I had the grades to even get into college. Um, there were teachers telling me like maybe I should look at trade school, other options because they didn't think that I had they basically thought it was too late for me. Um, nobody ever, nobody mentioned community college. You know, like nobody talked about community colleges even being an option. I didn't know that community, one thing people don't realize about community colleges is that they have an open door policy. Meaning there's, I mean, if students can, you don't have to have like the best grades to go to a community college. Like, just about anyone can attend a community college. It's almost like, I like to refer to it as like you you have a second chance. Like community college gives you a second chance. Like if you're not a stellar student in high school, if you don't have the grades, if you can't like go to like the best university or at even at a university in general, some students just don't have the grades, but you can go to a community college. And a lot of people don't realize that because teachers in high school don't advertise it, which honestly really frustrates me. As someone who credits community college for being where I am now and just like making it as far as I have, I, I get frustrated at how a lot of high school teachers kind of um, emphasize like honors classes and just the curriculum and like AP classes, IB, all of that, but it's like nobody really let students know, like, if you, basically, if your grades suck, like, you're, nobody, nobody's going to tell you if your grades suck, you can still go to a community college, get a good GPA there, and transfer. Like, I feel like my story is unique, just in the sense that it's like I took a different route, and it's not uncommon, but it's just not, it's not something that's talked about, especially, and I feel like it's something that should be advertised more by educators in high school. I definitely get where you're, I definitely get where you're coming from. Uh, just because like, it's true. It's the social norms that society puts on things because you're thinking like, it's college or nothing. And that's the way like society makes it seem is like, if you can't go to college, you just go get a job. Community college isn't something that is very advertised I guess you should say by teachers uh, just because it's engraved that like it's a four-year university so like for me when I think back to high school it was more so of like getting the right test scores so you can get into college and different things like that so I definitely get where you're coming from with that right it's like you don't I don't like you mentioned it they're not the high school teachers don't advertise it and also in my high school it was like if you weren't taking AP classes and you weren't if you weren't taking either AP or honors classes, it was like what are you doing? Like it's like you were an outcast. Um, and I don't know if I don't know if like the IB program I actually don't even know like what it stands for, but like my sister was like in the IB pro like she was in an IB program um, at her. We went to the same high school, but she took like advanced classes. I didn't, but 
it's basically where like the IB program is like they're advanced, but they are. It's like not so much. It's basically like it's just work. They're they're more for like college based classes. I'm sorry. Right. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about because we had IB classes in my high school as well. Um, it's like, frick, I don't know the name of it either. It's like, I can look it up or something, but uh, hold on. International Bachelor, Baccalaureate. Uh, I can't speak. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. <laughs> but that's basically what it is. Um, they're com- often compared to advanced placement programs, so like AP classes, Um but IB programs allow students to take college level courses while in high school, so you get college credit. Mm-hmm. I think AB, AP classes allow the same thing, um, but with IB, it's like, I mean, according to my sister, it was like overload, like just a lot of work. Which I'm not, I'm not throwing dirt on it by any means. Like I feel like those types of like courses, it's like it teaches students discipline, and I get that. Like that's good for students. But I just feel like there students who are in regular classes, like just taking the ba- like the basic courses, like the basic requirements, they deserve just as much recognition as someone who's taking IB or a- or or AP classes. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like at my high school, it was like you were an outcast if you weren't taking like. AP or IB classes. It's like you were, it, it, you weren't, it's like you weren't cut out for college. I definitely, I can totally relate to that because going to school in the inner city, I like played four different sports, but I also didn't take any advanced placement classes. I tried to take one my senior year and all I remember is it was AP lit. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll, I'm good at English. Like I'm going to do this. But she handed she handed us this like packet of like poems to read and she's like you have a three page essay due every friday i was like yeah no i went straight to my counselor i was like can you just put me in english four like <laughs> your boy don't got time like i got practice monday through thursday football games on fridays soccer tournaments on the weekends can't do it like <laughs> i did regular classes throughout and I have a master's degree, so I definitely get where you're coming from. But I don't, it's the stigma. It's the stigma that they give. It's like they think that like where you come from and because you're not taking these advanced classes that you're not smart enough to kind of move on. And that's kind of like the sad thing about it. It's just we as a society need to do better to instill confidence in our children to have them believe that they can do whatever they want to do. And I think that's why educators are so important. And not every teacher is that way. And like, I'm not saying that's a knock against teachers, but it's just like, it's not even the teachers because I had teachers who believed in me, but then I also had teachers who told me that I shouldn't go to a certain school because it was stupid or I wasn't smart enough for that school. And I'm just like, whatever. Like, I kind of use it as motivation, but that's the sad thing about it is like, that's how society sees it. And I think it's just so wrong. I think it's just wrong in general for any teacher to tell a student, especially a high school student, um, that they're not cut out for college. Because, like, how are you going to sit there and tell someone who's, like, 16 years old that they're not cut out for college? Like, you don't know what that kid's going to become one day. You know? I mean... I definitely get where you're coming from. It, it's just, like, 
I said it before is like we have to instill confidence in the next generation because they're our future and we have to build up their confidence because maybe they don't have the best home life. And that's the kind of thing that like gets me and that's what drives me is like I want to give children especially like the resources they need to be successful because looking at my past and looking at the previous jobs I've held and seeing this like hands on and like like with my own eyes it kind of gives you a different perspective which kind of like leads me into like the next question because I can kind of see where this conversation is going so like you mentioned like community college and the passions about it and like I know you've taught in community colleges as well so the biggest question I have to ask is like what ignites your why I would say what ignites my why I would say really um my passion for helping students. So I mentioned like, you know, of course I attended a community college, like my struggles throughout high school, all of that, like just kind of, I feel like ignites like a fire in me for helping students who, who kind of may be going through this, a similar thing, similar situation that I was in at one point. I, I'm not gonna lie, like when it comes to educators, I I do not like arrogant teachers at all. I would never, I'll never be that teacher. I've never been that teacher. I've taught before. I've never, I've always, I, first of all, I enjoy teaching in a community college setting. I've taught for three years in a community college setting, and I love it. Um, I think that maybe, that's probably what I want to do for the rest of my life, honestly, is teach at a community college. Because in that type of setting, you see all type, all sorts of students, um, students who have different learning backgrounds, students of different cultures. Um, you see, like, it, like communication across culture. I want to be able to, like, teach in a communication classroom across cultures. And that's just so important to me. That drives me because I want to be able to help people. I don't want to – I don't have a purpose to – teach like the smartest student. I mean, if I'm, if I am, that's great, but that's not, I want to teach someone who I know is going, like, I can really like, you know, like someone who's going to look up to me one day and be like, Mr. Willis, like really changed my life. Like, that's just so, that inspires me. That drives me. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I just, I've always, I've just always had a passion for helping people. First of all, like, even before I realized that teaching was like my ultimate career goal or my end goal, I've just always, I've always wanted to help people who are just in need. And I just want to, I don't know. I just want to really inspire students. Like that's, I live to do that. Like I just, I can't see myself doing anything else other than teaching at this point. I really can't. I get where you're, where you're coming from. Just because it's like you're inspiring the next generation and you're giving them the role model that they might need or like the push that they might need and you're instilling that confidence in them. You're instilling that confidence in them as a teacher and more importantly as a friend. But I guess I like want to know like where did this like passion come from? Like what clicked in your mind and was like, yeah, like I want to be a teacher. I honestly don't know if I recall the exact moment that I 
decided or discovered that I wanted to teach, but I believe it was at some point in while I was like attending community college. Um, it was probably like my sophomore year. Um, because I had like, for the first time in my life, like I had like student leadership roles. Um, and I felt like I was important, never felt important in high school. I was like president of um, my honor society, like my chapter in community college, and I just thought it was like the coolest thing ever to me, which it was. So like at that point, just interacting with students, hosting like annual food drives, blood drives, breast cancer awareness month, and just the different activities and the different services that we had going on through the college. It's like that kind of honed my communication skills more. I was interacting more with students. I I was like kind of, I felt, I saw myself kind of like a mentor to students who were younger than me, even if they were just like a year younger. Um, You know, because I was a sophomore, I talked to like, a lot, I mentored a lot of freshmen into Phi Theta Kappa, which is the honor society that I was president of. I mentored like a lot of freshmen in, like when they were inducted into the honor society. So I feel like that's that's the moment where it's kind of like it clicked. A light bulb came on in my head, and it was like I think it's like I didn't know I didn't make the direct correlation between like teaching and you know like me teaching in a classroom at that point. But it's like I knew I wanted to mentor students. But I was like maybe that's the role of a counselor, an advisor, or a teacher. So I feel like after. Honestly, like, I went through Troy still not knowing what I wanted to do. So I ended up majoring in journalism, didn't use that degree. So because I didn't use that degree, I was like, I think I want a communication degree instead. So I went to grad school, um, and I was on scholarship throughout. Um, got my master's in communication. And then I was like, okay, with a communication degree, I could teach public speaking. So that's where it was. Like, it's kind of like I, it was more so like I fell into it. I fell into teaching. It's, it's, so it's never been like my master plan. It wasn't like my master plan all along. It's, it was more like it was, it's like it unraveled. It's like I fell into it, if that makes sense. Cause I could have also been a counselor and advisor. I mean, I would have been fine with that too. But now that I am teaching and now that I have that experience, it's all I can see myself doing. Cause I want to have that direct interaction with students um like in classrooms that's awesome honestly because i always thought i wanted to be a teacher as well because i always knew like i wanted to work with children and work in the schools and stuff like that but i always had that like passion for sports so i was like ah like maybe teaching isn't my thing and thankfully like i found a job i love and i'm passionate about it and stuff like that but my question for you is what ultimately like made you decide like to go back to school and get your PhD? So several reasons behind that. Um, the first one probably for stability. Um, you know, right now, especially with COVID going on, like there's a lot of uncertainty. You know, I would be scared to be like working in education, like right at this moment, um, because you just never know what's going to happen with COVID, like it, with the pandemic, everything's so uncertain. Um, so with my situation, I'm in school, like you mentioned, on a full scholarship. Um, and so I'm really doing it, you know, 
first of all, because I got the scholarship, I can't lie. Um, so that was that motivated me. But then also, um, it's for stability because when you have a PhD, if your goal, if your end goal is to teach at the college level, it's like you can write your own ticket, pretty much. Like I mean, yeah, you can teach undergraduate classes with a master's, but if you have a PhD, it's kind of like people employers are always going to look at you like, okay, I want that person. Like I'm because it's like you're so qualified with the PhD. You can there's there's just so many places you can work. And then also at the community college level, like I could teach at a community college, but then with a PhD, I, I'm also qualified to teach at a university. So it's more so it's it's like it's really job security. And then also so job security, scholarship, and then the third reason is because um, I want students to just look at me as like a role model. I want them to look at me and because of all of like everything I went through, like all the crap I had to go through to get here. And I want them to like look at me and be like, he did it. I can do it too. Cause I didn't have a silver spoon in my, in my mouth, like all my life. Like I'm not just some arrogant teacher. I'm not just another professor. I want them to look at me and be like, I'm down to earth. Like I went through a lot of crap to get here and I'm here like, and I just want them to know that they can do the same, that they're just as capable, if not more. So that's really, it's like, I'm not just doing it for myself, basically. Like I'm doing it for my students. If that makes sense. I totally get where you're coming from. Inspiring other people is definitely something I can relate to because I mentor a 15 year old and he's part of the reason why I went on to get my master's degree because where we're from, there are so many things put against us. And I kind of just wanted to prove to him that if I can do this, so can you. Uh, you can't let a place define you because you can do anything you set your mind to. You just have to believe in yourself. And that's kind of what I'm trying to instill in him because I never thought I was going to get a master's degree. Never in my mind like would I have imagined that. But he really inspired me to continue to do better and be better because I want to really show him that like you can do this no matter what but I'm not gonna lie to you when you said when you said your third reason I totally thought you were gonna say I really just wanted to be called a doctor because that's why I would get my PhD Dr. Gullet has a nice ring to it but am I going to get my PhD? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> well, I mean, never say never, though, Austin, because you might. And honestly, like, low-key, I, um, I honestly do I, – I mean, that's another reason. That's, like, a fourth reason for me. I just forgot to mention that, but I do want to be called doctor. And I also really like what you said um, about mentoring. I think mentoring is just so important. Um, more people should be – just more actively involved in it. Um, I really like how, um, is it, is it a program where you're mentoring? Like, is it, or are you doing it like voluntarily just out of curiosity? So it is a program. Uh, it's called Covington Partners. Uh, they're a nonprofit located in Covington, Kentucky. Uh, but now that Javier is no longer in Covington independent public schools, all of the time I spend with him has been voluntary. Um, I've been doing it for six years, so it's honestly been a blessing. Uh, so anyone out there who's listening, if you are in Northern Kentucky, 
Covington Partners has a great mentoring program. But even if you're not in Covington and you're just around the world, like just honestly look into it. There's different programs everywhere. Like I know Big Brother, Big Sister is a big mentoring program. So definitely something you should look into. So earlier you kind of mentioned like the pandemic and how everything has kind of changed, especially in like the education world. So with everything that's going on in today's world, with the pandemic and Black Lives Matter and all of these different issues that we're facing, how have you been taking care of yourself? But also like how have these things affected you personally and professionally? So to start, how have I been taking care of myself? I would say I've just, I've really just been taking it day by day. I mean, with so much going on, I just, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen yet. I've just, it's like, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. You know, it's, it's scary. We're living in like a really scary time. Um, so I, I can't say that I'm handling it well. I would say I'm just, I'm handling it <laughs> to the best of my ability. Um, but it's just been, I mean, we don't know what's going to come next. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We don't, I mean, everything go, and now, now that we're going into 2021, it's just, it's crazy. Like, we just don't know what's going to happen next. But I'm just handling it really, not handling it. I wouldn't say bad, good or bad. It's just been just neutral. Um, as far as personally, um, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to say that, like, my family, um, is doing well. I'm now living in Tuscaloosa, um, so I don't get to see them every day, um, as often as I was when I was living here, but, I, I mean, there, you know, no one in my family has gotten sick, um, so I'm, I'm just really thankful for that, um, I just, professionally, um, I would, I really miss teaching in person. Um, everything's kind of online now. COVID has affected that. So I definitely miss that aspect. Um, just teaching in person. When the pandemic started back in March, I was still teaching at Coastal. And so I, rem I literally remember, it doesn't seem like it's been that many months ago, but I remember you know, my classes were in person, and then the next thing I know, like, we're we're just online, and we're, I was using a feature called chat to communicate with my students, and it was kind of, kind of funny, um, thinking about it now, um, you know, it was new for all of us. You know, everything is online now, and now I'm in, I'm, you know, I started my program in August, so I'm in school, and everything's online, uh, through Zoom, so it's, it's like that's new for me I, but it, it's like it was good good and bad at the same time it had its perks and it also had like it had its downsides or has its downsides since we're like in the midst of it i don't i don't have to go to campus that often um which i guess saves me gas saves on gas and that sort of thing but it's i mean it would be nice to get that face-to-face -face interaction and interact with students um Next semester, I'll be teaching, um, so I'm looking forward to that. I don't know um, exactly what everything is going to be like with the pandemic 
I mean, it's just kind of like a, a waiting, like a wait to see kind of thing. Um, and then with addressing like Black Lives Matter, that has been for me personally, um, I mean, it's been an eye-opening experience. It's been like, I mean, we, we've always known that racism, racism, racism exists, but this year it's been with everything happening, Breonna Taylor, George, George Floyd, like all these murders, um, to innocent that are happening to innocent black people. Um, it just puts so much in perspective and especially as all of us are on social media and we see people taking sides, you know, basically like you have, it's, I don't know, like different sides, like people justifying the murder of George Floyd and, you know, people protesting against it, um, and calling for justice. And it's just so much has been put in in perspective, and this year, like it has, like it never has been before. And it's just been for me. I'm just, just like I'm just, I'm just watching everything unfold, really, as it relates to um, race relations. I would say, but I definitely get where you're coming from. Uh, let's first talk about like the the pandemic side of that response there because I couldn't even imagine trying to go to school right now during all of this. I was fortunate enough to graduate in December of 2019 before COVID hit and everything. And it's kind of like we live every day not knowing what tomorrow is going to hold because who knows? Like now that we have a vaccine, like are things going to change? Like, are things going to get better? Like, it's honestly just a rough time to especially be an educator. Um, but to talk about, like, your response to Black Lives Matter, I feel like this year has really opened a lot of people's eyes. And not only just people's eyes, but you're really seeing people for who they truly are, I feel like. And you're really getting to understand like people's views whether you agree or disagree with them um and for me like I couldn't even imagine like how you feel personally because I can never relate to you because I will never experience that but me being me like I'm always going to try to be like that ally and be that listening ear because I feel like knowledge is power and the only way we're really going to see that change is by listening and being open to different perspectives and this year has really just made you like really take a step back and just look at world look, look at life completely different because i recognize my privilege so i'm going to try to use that and make a difference because it starts with one person but i feel like we're on the right side of the movement if that makes sense i feel like together we can make a change but we have to be open to hearing others' perspectives and really fighting for what's right, and that's equal rights, human rights, because every human matters, and you matter, and everyone who's listening, like, you matter. So just had to say that to you. 
Thank you for saying that, Austin. I um, I definitely, I mean, me being black, it's definitely, like I said, like for me, it's kind of just like, I guess it's definitely been, an, this year has definitely been an eye-opening experience, but at the same time, it's it's one of those things where it's like nothing surprises me anymore. Like I just, you know, not a lot shocks me as it relates to, relates to, you know, prejudice in society and that sort of thing. Like I, I have a lot of, you know, I guess I'll say friends um, who are more, you know, they have different political views than I do and that's fine. And I, but it's just, I don't know, it's interesting to kind of like under, try to understand their perspective on certain issues, um, especially really, really sensitive issues like uh, race relations. I, I definitely, I'm the type of person who will try to understand you um, if you have a different opinion than I do. I think it's it's just really, it's hard no matter what. When you're not living, when you're not, when it's not your... If when it's not your reality is what I'm trying to say, it's it's like you can't understand it. If it's if you're not, it's it's not your reality. Like you're not living it, so you can't understand it. And I think that's the issue. Um, I think that's always the issue. Like when we think about other things, um, like someone, a straight person could never understand a gay person's experience completely. Um, you know. I can never understand a trans person's experience because I'm not trans. Um, it's hard. I think that's, that's the root of the issue. Um, is that people, when it's not your reality, you can't fully understand it. And I think that's why there's so much amb- ambiguity, um, surrounding race issues in America. Well, first off, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to talk with me and be vulnerable and tell your story. Uh, it's truly inspiring to see how you have evolved as a man and who you're becoming. And I wish you the best of luck with the rest of your degree. And I know you're going to inspire many other people and other students as you move forward with your career. If people want to continue to have a conversation with you, how's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Definitely LinkedIn. Um, I have a LinkedIn account. It's Larry Willis the second. Um, if you search for me on there, you're gonna see me in like a blue, a blue button down shirt and, um, yeah. So I'm definitely I'm on LinkedIn, um, email, um, and by phone. So those are the best ways to reach me. Thank you so much for sharing that information. Remember, if you guys want to continue having this conversation, do not hesitate to reach out to him. I'm sure he'll love to continue to have this conversation with you guys. If you guys happen to reach out on LinkedIn, please leave a note for him and let him know that you found him on this podcast, just so he kind of knows who you are and where you're coming from. Also, thank you guys for listening in. Always remember, find your purpose and ignite your why.